Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hello, I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Jorlock. Welcome to another installment of Pastor Matters, the podcast that talks about the matters of a pastor because the matters of a pastor matter. And I got that right on the first try. I just want to let that be shown for the record. Way to go. Uh, today we're going to talk about mentoring future pastors. This is actually a topic that I've discussed with pastors on numerous occasions. And a lot of pastors, I found that a lot of pastors want to mentor younger guys uh, who feel a sense of uh, desire towards the pastor, but they aren't sure how to initiate that relationship. So brother, you've served as a pastor you mm-hmm. serve uh, as a professor here at the college and seminary. How should pastors initiate that mentor-mentee relationship? Uh, should pastors wait to be approached by somebody, or uh, should they initiate contact first if they see somebody who is kind of showing this desire for the pastorate? Well, uh, first off, uh, I think that it varies. I think that it, it varies. Different people have different personalities, uh, both the pastor uh, and uh, the young man who's, who's seeking some type of mentorship. Mm. Uh, you've got some uh, guys who are, are just you know, very, uh, maybe you could say alpha male types, you know, and they'll just walk right up to the pastor and say, hey, I want to be <laughs> uh, mentored. I, let's I, do this. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> and uh, you have some other guys that uh, they may be, if you will, uh, Timothy types, if you think in the, in the New Testament. Folks who are perhaps a little unsure of themselves, uh, maybe they sense that the Lord is calling them, but they really... Uh, don't know if they're the right person for uh, such a task, uh, for such a, a ministry. And uh, you, as the pastor, may need to come alongside of them and, and help to uh, encourage them. Mm. Uh, it's something that my family is, is, uh, is talking about right now uh, in our, our family time. We talk about encouragement as being the act of filling someone with courage. Right. You are encouraging them. And uh, a pastor may have to have to do that, you know, for uh, for perhaps the the gun shy young man who who just doesn't know if they've if they've got what it takes to be a pastor. Maybe that thought hasn't even crossed their minds yet and it's actually mm-hmm. the pastor that kind of comes along and says, "Hey, you know, I've noticed yeah that there's some gifts here." Yeah. You know, and kind of encourage them that way. Yeah, yeah. I I'm the product of that personally. Uh, I was a young guy. I was in high school. Uh, the Lord had called me uh, right around uh, my junior year of high school. Uh, the Lord was was really bringing me to Himself, and and I, I noticed that the more that I was reading the Bible, the more excited I was uh, to read more of mm. the Bible. I was just devouring it as a as a young kid. Uh, and then on top of that, the more that I was learning from the Scriptures, the more I wanted to tell other people. And eventually that, that caught the attention of my youth pastor, uh, Jeremy Smith, who, who saw me, uh, and he said, you know what, uh, you seem like you really you know, love uh, the Bible, you really love the Lord, and you really love telling people about him. Uh, so here, why don't I give you an opportunity to, uh, to, to do this? Why don't I give you an opportunity to preach? 
Uh, and so here I was with a youth group. I was by this time I'm about a senior in high school. Uh, have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, and I'm, and I'm here with my peers and I'm sharing you know, the scriptures. It was for, I remember my first message was from Philippians three, uh, where Paul says, "I press on uh, toward the mark of the high calling of God and in uh, Christ Jesus." And and I remember you know doing that. I, I don't have my notes. Thank God, because uh, it's probably an embarrassment by now. But if if Pastor Jeremy didn't give me that opportunity, you know, if he if he didn't say, hey, you know, I think that the Lord is doing something in your life, I probably wouldn't be where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that led to you know other opportunities, which led to other opportunities that he would give me, and then other guys along the way, you know, had, had given, and and God had been really kind, you know, as He was developing me. Uh, and developing the way that I thought about ministry, the way I thought about life, the way I thought about you know the church, uh, yeah. So uh, you may have to be that guy as a pastor to say, hey, you don't see what God is doing in your life, but I see what what the Lord is doing in your life. Let's 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 try to help navigate that for you. Mm, that's very helpful. Uh, why is it important for pastors to invest in future pastors? Mm. Well, for starters, it's obedience. Uh, God told you to. (laughs) So if you go to uh, 2 Timothy 2, uh, Paul is talking to Timothy. He says, you then, my child, uh, right at the beginning of the chapter, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I call this the great chain of discipleship. Uh, notice Paul has has gotten a message from the Lord, the gospel, and he says that he shared that with Timothy because he says what you have heard from me. So Paul is teaching Timothy, and now he says what you have heard from me you entrust to faithful men. So now we have a third generation, Timothy now taking what he heard, and he's uh, entrusting this to uh, to other men who will be able to teach others also. So you, in one verse, 2 Timothy 2, 2, you have four generations of discipleship, oh. four generations of mentoring here. Paul mentors Timothy, who mentors faithful men, who mentor others also. Okay, so uh, why should we invest? Well, because we have inherited a long, long chain <laughs> of of pastors who have taught future pastors, who have taught future pastors, who have taught future pastors. Going from Paul, and even really before Paul, you've got you've got the Lord Jesus uh, who who taught, um, and you just go all the way through. You know, from the Lord. All the way down through the centuries, God just keeps raising up more and more men who will shepherd his people, uh, and he usually does so through pastors. So that's one reason. Another reason is that the Lord did not design uh, the pastorate to be a Lone Ranger ministry. Hmm. Pastors disciple pastors, just as we would say with church planting. We say churches plant churches. I think it's the same thing with pastors. Pastors plant pastors. Uh, you can't you, complain about the lack of the harvest of mm, you know guys in ministry if you're not planting the seeds and, absolutely. and tending to the crops. Absolutely, absolutely. Which would be wiser and which would be better uh, for someone to sense God's call on their lives to be a pastor and then just go like, 
you know some pioneer you know into the frontier and uh and and just kind of learn as you go with no direction no idea what you're doing and all of that or for a pastor who has been in the ministry for a while who has been shepherding the flock for 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 several years to go to this young rookie if you will and say hey let me show you what i've learned you know, mm-hmm. let, let's 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 walk through this. Hey, why don't you come alongside of me and let's let's let me show you, you know, what what ministry looks like. Let me show you the, the you know, my routine, uh, my way of doing things. Uh, I think that that is so much more effective uh, than to just kind of throw the guy out in the wild and and, and let him figure it out on his own. Yeah. You know, I think a, a lot about the men who've contributed to my own formation. Uh, I think about the conversations that we had, you know, the the opportunities that I was given to lead and, and preach and, and even the times where, where I was corrected mm-hmm. um, from doing something wrong. And, and those are memories that will forever have an impact on me. You know, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be who I am mm-hmm. uh, today without these faithful men who have poured and invested into to my life and into my f- future ministry. Uh, you know, we know pastors live busy lives. You know, we know that uh, between family life and, and and sermon preparation, there are other pastoral duties. You know that those those things take up a lot of time. How much time should pastors carve out to invest in future mentees or mm. potential mentees? Hmm. You know, I th- I think that in the question, there may be a bit of an assumption yeah. that I want to challenge. Uh, the assumption is that. Uh, investing in potential mentees is uh, a separate endeavor than the other pastoral duties and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So then, it, uh, investing in, pa- in potential mentees is is an additional time, uh, additional time block, you know, in the schedule of the pastor. I, I want to challenge that. Uh, perhaps it would be better for us to think about our ministry as. Uh, the opportunity to invest in potential mentees. So uh, you have an opportunity to do a hospital visit. Uh, You go on visitation. Take somebody with you. Uh, you have an opportunity to uh, uh, to do, say, an elders meeting. Um, of course, in an elders meeting, you may have some things that are that are confidential and so on. But in in the the, the opportunities that are not confidential, something that could be open up to the public or so, bring you know some future guys in uh, uh, and show them this is how we do elders meetings. You may have sermon prep. Bring somebody you know in. Do sermon prep together. You know, think through the scriptures together. I know for myself, I work best when I'm thinking through scripture, or even when I'm preparing sermons, when I'm able to to process in conversation with yeah, other people. Not in isolation. Right, right. Uh, if I have someone, say my wife, or say you, Brandon, or or uh, even a group of students, and and I'll just throw ideas out and say, hey, what do you think about this? You know, I, I think that this is what the scripture is saying. Uh, what does this look like in real time? What does this look like in you know in 2020? And and uh, and and I'll get responses uh, from from folks, and that helps me. It helps me think more carefully. It helps me uh, choose my words more wisely and things like that. Hey, you have an opportunity to do that with a with a uh, a young disciple. You know, where you and can that- say, hey, let's work through this together. Let's think through how we how we approach the scriptures and how we approach our messages together. And that, that, that does so much for a young guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember, you know, about a year ago when we, when we started working together, 
you sat down and you you opened up your Bible and you went to Exodus and you kind of asked my input on on what I would do with the, the outline and and that just just your your openness to feedback and uh, advice with that that impacted me yeah and so you have the opportunity as the pastor to you know to allow those young guys to feel that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely uh, time with prayer uh, you know hey you know let's let's have a prayer group. You know, yeah. uh, with with me, you know, say the pastor and other disciples. You know, let's 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 pray for our church family together. You know, all of these things you're doing, I think, corresponds to what the Lord did uh, in the Gospels. You know, when it says that he that the disciples walked with him, they literally walked with him. <laughs> <laughs> they went from one place to another. They were in the uh, in the pasture, you know, out in the fields. They were on a boat, you know. They they were in the city. They they did life together. Uh, why can't discipleship look like that? You know, yeah, we're busy. So why don't we bring folks on uh, alongside with us as we're fulfilling these tasks? And in the process, you're teaching them what pastoring looks like. Yeah, I agree. I mean, one of the best ways to teach guys is is to bring them with you when you make visits to your members to to have them over for dinner and see you with your family, uh, to let them see you prep for sermons and and provide that feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to provide feedback on your sermons as you preach them. Uh, in many cases, it's 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 not an either or situation like what you were saying. You 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 can do both. Mm-hmm. You, you can fulfill your duties as a pastor. And have your guys learn as they observe you, because you know mentioning Jesus and the disciples, there was a lot of observation that happened as they saw Jesus do these things, and they asked questions and they interacted with what was being done. Mm-hmm. And so, they absolutely agree with you that these things are not uh, in conflict with one another, but they they are the same. Mm-hmm. So, what are some practical ways? You know, we've mentioned a few. You know, hospital visitations, things like that. What are some other practical ways pastors can teach the guys they're mentoring? You know, we, you know, sermon prep, preaching. What are, what are some ways? You know, if there's a pastor that's listening to this right now, it's like, yeah, I've got a group of guys right now who I would love to start doing this with. What what are some things I can start with? Yeah, well, there there are uh, those things that we mentioned. You know, doing ministry together uh, with them that's very helpful. I think also. Uh, just think about the the plethora of books that are out there, books and articles and so on on pastoring. Uh, there's a lot of junk out there. <laughs> Let, let's be honest. You know, there are some books that are not helpful, and you may want to incorporate those. You know, you may want to want to show uh, your guys those uh, those books to say, okay, why why is this not the way that we approach ministry? Uh, why would why would this be something that we would uh, that we would rather uh, avoid uh, if we're doing ministry. But also show them uh, resources and works that would be very helpful uh, for, for ministry. Uh, read old people. Hmm. You know, yeah. uh, I, I know there are plenty of podcasts that, that, would, uh, that would agree wholeheartedly with this. Read, read dead pastors. Uh, not just because, you know, there's any type of historical bias or anything like that, that the older guys are better than the newer guys. It's not necessarily <laughs> that. Uh, rather, it's here are some folks who have thought about pastoring in totally different contexts. Uh, they've, they've thought about uh, what it means to shepherd their particular people and their particular culture and their particular point in history. And there are things that we can learn from them. 
you know, read uh, read some old guys and uh, and and also read some uh, some new guys as well. You know, read some folks uh, in recent years that are talking about our particular culture. You know, and what ministry looks like uh, today uh, in the 21st century. Uh, how do we shepherd well? Uh, you know, all of these types of things that you you can do. Uh, uh, so uh, teach your guys to read, uh, you know, read good books on ministry to help them process uh, some of the different avenues and, and so on of pastoring. Also, uh, I think along uh, along with that, uh, be open, be candid with with your guys. Uh, here's the dirty little secret of pastoring: you will screw up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, outside of the chief shepherd, all the rest of the shepherds in the history of the church have been a mess. Mm. All right. Uh, every last one of us. There is no such thing as an ideal pastor outside of the pastor, the Lord Jesus himself. Okay. So be honest about that. Tell your guys where you failed. You know, tell your guys, you know, where you uh, made a, a decision or you and the elders made a decision for the church and it didn't go well. Uh, show them, you know, mistakes that you made early on in ministry that you've learned and, and, and show them that so that they don't make those same mistakes. OK, uh, be real with them. Uh, be open. Be on, honest. Be candid uh, with them. Uh, and I can even say just coming from through my church's, you know, internship program, uh, when my pastor shared those, that was more beneficial in, in a lot of ways to, mm-hmm. to my formation, telling me where, hey, you know, I did this and it messed up, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. don't do this. Like, yeah, that that was more beneficial to me in a lot of ways, and so absolutely, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and and what happens is, uh, hopefully, uh, you're raising a, a generation of future pastors who are humble. Um, who recognize uh, that they are frail, who recognize that they are prone to, to make mistakes, uh, who recognize that ministry is, just like every other aspect of life, uh, a product of God's grace. Mm. And if you can show them that, show them that you are not the hero of the story, mm. you are not the one who is... Uh, who has come to save the church, you know, and cape, you know, flying in the in the air and and all of this, and you have come to rescue the church from, you know, from from sudden doom and and perhaps even total extinction. No, no, no. Jesus is the hero. Amen. You just like everyone else in your church. You may be the shepherd, but you're also a sheep. Mm. And uh, and help them to see that so that they would walk closely with the Lord. Uh, and they would depend wholeheartedly day in and day out on his grace. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so we work at a seminary, mm-hmm. uh, and we have students around us all the time. Uh, one of the things that I've, I've heard from many students uh, on my t- in my time here mm-hmm. is that they weren't mentored by the church that they came from, that they didn't really start experiencing any type of, of mentorship relationship until they got to seminary. Hmm. Uh, why do you think that is? Hmm. I think some of it is uh, one, one thing that you mentioned before, the busyness of pastors. Uh, I think that there are pastors, uh, there, are, there are churches uh, that may have completely unrealistic expectations of their pastors. 
I think that there are pastors that may have uh, unrealistic expectations for themselves. Um, I think that that I think that plays a big role. I think uh, some of it is a, a total misunderstanding of what pastoring is supposed to be. Uh, you have a lot of guys where whether they were trained this way or this is what they saw from their pastor growing up where pastoring was essentially preaching hmm. and that's it yeah you know uh, the entire week is you know preparing for Sunday um, or uh, there was more to pastoring uh, than that but the pastors never opened themselves up you know to uh, to other people for them to see all of the ins and outs of of what's involved in pastoring. So in other words, they themselves are, if you will, kind of a, a product of an undiscipled or unmentored uh, life, at least in regards of mini- in regards to ministry. And so if they didn't get that, that kind of mentorship, uh, they're less likely to give that kind of mentorship to the current generation of, mm-hmm. of future pastors. Uh, I would say, though, someone has to break the cycle. Yeah. Uh, someone has to be the one that says the buck stops here and uh, we are going to be more proactive in in training guys up for ministry. Um, uh, some of it also, if I if I could be candid, some of it also is that you have churches that have kind of punted that to the seminaries. Yeah. So uh, the churches uh, may be a bit unsure of themselves you know, in the, in the, uh, the task of training up future leaders. They've kind of created this, this little section of their mind that mm-hmm. that's, that's the seminary's job. Yeah. That's yeah. where they go to be equipped. Yeah. Yeah. As if, as if the seminaries are, are the experts, you yeah. know, so, you know, lowly old, you know, country church over here isn't, isn't able to, you know, or, or, uh, or, or lowly old, you know, inner city church, you know, isn't able to develop pastors. And so let's take them to the, you know, to the big dogs, you know, let's take them over to the experts, the professionals over at the seminary and let them mentor uh, these guys. And then they can come back and now they're doing ministry. Yeah. Uh, I would say to little old country church and little old inner city church, uh, there are things that you can teach future pastors that we seminaries cannot under any circumstances teach. Yeah. We can't do it. We're not equipped to do that. We can, we can go through Greek and Hebrew. We can go through church history. We can teach uh, uh, hermeneutics. We can teach theology. We can teach all of these different things. But we can't teach future pastors how to love the, the specific people that are there in your church. And with a seminary, you have multiple students. I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's harder to kind of spend that quality time with them and investing in them. And with the, yeah. the church, it's more, a lot of churches are more able to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. You can give them a context for ministry that we just simply can't do. Yeah. Uh, we're, not, we're not built to do that. And, and in so doing, you're giving them a context for how they can apply the things that they may learn in seminary how they can apply those things to the specific people that are there in your church and in your community. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I want to build up the churches and build up the pastors, you know, and say to, uh, say to each of you, uh, you have something that you can teach uh, these future leaders, uh, and, and God has equipped you to do just that. Uh, use your life, use your ministry, invest, you know, your, uh, the hours of your day uh, to pour into them so that should they come to seminary, they come having at least some understanding of what true ministry is about. 
Yeah, and I want to push back on a little bit on the mentees that are, might be listening to this. Uh, if if you're coming, uh, if you're going to a church and you don't feel like you're being mentored and you desire that, go to the pastor. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for somebody to come and say, you know, I noticed you have these gifts. Like, pursue that. You know, one of the things that I talk to with, uh, you know, the, the students that we advise here on campus is, is like, have you asked your professor to go get coffee? Mm-hmm. Have you have you asked, you know, your pastor to go get coffee? Like, have you reached out to them? Um, and almost always the answer is no. <laughs> it's like you can do these things. Pastors want help. Yeah, they want help. Absolutely. Uh, professors want to get to know you and help you the best ways that they can. And so. Mm-hmm. This isn't this isn't something that we just need to throw on the pastor, you know. And so, if, if if you desire to be mentored, then go find a way to to accomplish that. Go to yeah. your pastor, ask him. Yeah. So, just wanted to push back a little bit on that. Absolutely. Uh, so, last question. Uh, we got to get to the point where we talk about books. Mm-hmm. So, what books or resources would you recommend to pastors wanting to lead guys in a mentor mentee relationship? These books can be how to how to even do that for a pastor mm-hmm. that's never had that kind of knowledge, or it can be just a good book to walk through with young guys. Yeah, I've I've been very blessed uh, by the Practical Shepherding series, uh, Brian Croft, uh, the books that he's uh, that he's put out, uh, very practical, uh, very very helpful uh, works. Things uh, like like visitation, you know, caring for the sick, you know, uh, leading meetings, you know, these types of things are are very helpful. Uh, also, um, there's a book that I, I use uh, plenty of times in my classes uh, by Kent and Barbara Hughes called uh, Recovering Ministry from the Success Syndrome, uh, which is a great book on just learning how to, how to shepherd in a way that is low, uh, in a way that is humble. Uh, you're here to serve people. Uh, you're not here to be served, if I could uh, borrow some, some of the concepts from Mark 10 uh, that our Lord gave us. Uh, you're not here to be served. You're here to serve and lay down your life. And uh, a book like that is very, very helpful. Uh, there are other things, articles and so on. Of course, our friends over at Nine Marks have given uh, tons of, of, uh, of, of articles uh, to help with that. We've uh, published some articles on our own at the Pastor Center website as well. Uh, I do encourage you to, to check those out also. Uh, you know, yeah, there there are plenty of sources that are that are out there that we definitely would recommend for you uh, as you're thinking about uh, opening up the spaces in your ministry uh, to include uh, future pastors. Yeah, I think of a mentor I've had here on a campus, a professor that, that took a group of us through some books, Disciplines of Grace oh, by yeah. Jerry Bridges, Fantastic Perfect book. Pastor by Zach S. Wine, and Dangerous Calling by uh, Paul David Tripp. Mm-hmm. These, these books were really helpful because it helps you get kind of get rid of that mentality of celebrity pastor yeah, or the, yeah. you know, the glamorous side of ministry. It's like, no, this isn't how ministry is. And so that would be really helpful if you've got some young guys to, to think through using those books as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks again for the discussion, brother. We hope this episode has been beneficial to you. Uh, it is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors. And so we hope we've done that today uh, with this conversation. And as always, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.